I'm Drea. I'm Meg. I'm Tina. And I'm Jess. And this is Pardon My Stash. Welcome to Pardon My Stash, a podcast about knitting, the fiber arts, and how awesome it is. <laughs> Before we get into this week's topics, let's share what we're working on now, Drea. So, since we have last recorded, I have started and finished a hat. I made the Kean hat by Emily Green, and I used a less traveled yarn. I want to say, and I, and I don't have the tag with me right now, but I want to say that the color was Twilight. It was like a dark blue. Wasn't it Midnight? I want to say it was Twilight. It was, it's a dark blue. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a dark blue. It came out really <laughs> nice. I'm actually currently blocking it, finally. Yay! I actually finished it the day before Rhinebeck, but it was unblocked, so I didn't want to... I didn't want to wear it too right back. But now I am currently working on Minted by Andrea Mowry. And I am using Juniper Moon Farms in Moonshine and Odang in Desert Rose, I believe. Probably. I inherited the yarn from Meg. Because, I, I do uh, not remember. <laughs> I, I remember like Odang. Yeah. Um, but I could not have told you what what the yarns were or where i just remember i was highly allergic and didn't realize it yeah <laughs> so i inherited it yeah that's a thing um, it's decadent i love working with it um it's a it's a really great knit I'm, I'm loving it i'm loving that i have finished a project and i'm almost done with the second one hey and it's only been a couple weeks so Woo-hoo, good for me <laughs> it's a good boost yeah it is i needed some quick projects to jump start myself sometimes that's what you need Meg? I am currently working on the Owlet sweater by Kate Davies Designs. I've done this before in the kid size um, for my own child, and I'm making this for a baby um, in baby size. Um, I am knitting it out of Critical Hit Dyes Barbarian Bulky in the colorway Cardinal. Um, it's it's not going as fast as I thought it would. I don't know why. It's still going pretty fast. Because you keep getting distracted. I do keep getting distracted. That's, um, that's, <laughs> that's ah. really... I'm, I'm doing that thing where I'm, I'm jumping between two patterns at once, like two different <laughs> sweaters. Um, and this one is, uh, no offense to the designer, it's kind of boring until you get to the actual owl cabling. Um, before that, it's just it's just stocking it. So it is, it is not holding my attention as well as it should um, the other sweater I'm working on is a little bit more, a little bit more interesting, like in structure. That one's Poema by Vera Sanon. So it has a little more like meat to the pattern. This one's like kind of nice for just sitting and knitting because you don't have to think it about it. Goes. For a sit in it, you say? A sit in it, I say. Yes. I wonder who's doing that right now. Oh. Well. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God. I really corny. <laughs> uh, it's me. I'm sitting in it. And... So are you. So are you. What? I'm not. What? <laughs> That's because Jess is crocheting. That's fair. Tina. All right. So since I have spoken on this podcast, I finished my Stormy Sky shawl and I wore it to Rhinebeck and it was nice and I liked it. And actually, it like I, I finished it like on time too. Like I had time to block it and I wasn't rushing the night before. Like, ah, it was nice. Very good. You didn't, and, you didn't give yourself oh. applause. 
give myself you deserve, applause. You deserve that applause. Well, now my daughter has stolen it. Oh, so, really? Yes. That's a high compliment, though, you know? <laughs> like if somebody steals your steals your knit. And that was all of Jess's knits back in the day. Her mom took them all. She's still trying to take them, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my oldest um, on Halloween saw the shawl and thought that it went with her outfit and has since commandeered it. So now she's wearing it everywhere. And I'm like, eh, you know what? Go with that. It's being appreciated. <laughs> yeah. So I don't mind. I also went through and I kind of cleaned up a bunch of random like projects that I had that were just kind of sitting stuff that I had planned on frogging but hadn't yet. And my Silva cami is currently in permanent timeout because I real I've tried it on. I put a wire through it and I tried it on. It's massive. It does not fit me at all. I mean, which makes sense because I made it in a larger size when I was larger. Yeah. And um, I just like, but like there's so much angst <laughs> finishing it and taking it apart. So I'm just, it's just in, sit in purgatory. It's just in purgatory and that's where it will be. So believe it or not, I know this is going to be crazy, but um, I only technically have three whips. Wow. I, I don't know. believe you. I know. So one of them is what I'm working on right now, which is the Wish and Hope sweater by Ann B. Hansen Design. And I'm making it as um, a th- I'm making kid sizes. So I'm making one in a 3T and one in a 5T. And I'm making it as a thank you to my neighbor who came out of nowhere and just took my kids to school when I had a medical event a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's so sweet. Like, like basically was just like, OK, yeah, like I'll, I'll take care of it for as long as whatever. And I was like, Really? And, and like, this is not not that I, I wasn't shocked because, like, I don't think she's a nice person. I was shocked because, like, we don't talk like that. Like, we're, we're acquaintances at best. So I didn't expect a neighbor to kind of, like, kind of help me out like That's that. That's that New so. England hospitality. Oh, man. I was just it was really nice. So I'm going to make little sweaters for her kids. And that's how I feel about it. <laughs> so, is And that, is that the lady who lives behind you? Yes. Yes. With the two little girls. So I'm making them matching sweaters. Nice. <laughs> and my mother requested a sweater after she saw Meg's Calliope. <laughs> so I have to start making that. I haven't actually pulled the yarn for it yet, but I did put it on my Ravelry because I'm definitely going to start doing that because it has taken years for this woman to decide which sweater she actually wants. <laughs> she keeps changing her mind. <laughs> like, That's okay. a good one, though, and the pattern is free. That's yeah, true. she's That's just really yeah. nice. Well, here's the funny part. She saw yours, and she was like, yeah, look how long the sleeves are. And I was like, Mom, like I could do that to literally any sweater. It's called customizing. It's called, it's called you just keep knitting. <laughs> I, just, like, I could do like any sweater. But, on, but, but, but you gotta, you gotta do like the, the Meg excessively aggressive blocking. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's apparently the, the excessive the blocking. thing I need to get into. We, we blocked it real aggressively. I was there to make sure you didn't aggressively block the body, but <laughs> yeah. Um, in between all of that, I have, I have worked on a pattern. I know it's been a while, um, but it is, um, called the very vital ribbed beanie. So it's like my very vital, I think in a sense, because it's a very basic stitch, but, um, it's actually, I actually finally, finally (laughs) figured it out. I'm going to give myself applause on that (laughs) because it took like a hot minute. Like I brought, I thought I finished it. I brought it to Rhinebeck and it turned into a yarmulke and I was like, this is terrible. So I 
took that out, redid it, and I was like, okay, this is much better. So I love the way it came out now, and I basically gave it a different brim because it just needed it, just needed some kind of brim with it. So you can look out for that soon because I'm going to, I have it with my tech editor right now because we had to go back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Jess? So I am currently working on a little crochet yarn basket ornament because they're fun and cute and tiny. Um, It's by Donna Wolf. I don't know. I found it online. I think it was for free where I found it. I just put in crochet ornaments and it popped up and I did it. So I I don't really have a lot of information on on that front, Um, except for it's fun and it's cute and it's tiny and I'm almost done with this one. Haven't you made like four? This will be my third. Are you sure? Yeah. Really? Uh Uh-huh. No, because you made the tiny one. Oh yeah, so this you made the tiny fork. one. That yeah, is the fork. I um, they tell you to use worsted, but I didn't have that handy when I first found the pattern, so I used fingering weight, and it's super tiny and cute. But it's also super tiny and cute, so I found some worsted weight and made legit, you know, size ornaments. Also, you know, doing potion bottles and stuff because they're fun. And I am also doing the um, rose hip sweater by Anna Joanna. I think that's how you pronounce it. It might be Johanna. I apologize if I if I pronounced that wrong. And that pattern I got out of the Strands of Joy book. So, uh, but it is also on Ravelry if people are looking for it. It's super cute. I like it. I, I'm doing um that one is in Critical Hit Dies Namira and a Wild Magic Fade that I did. And then the little yarn baskets, the basket part I'm doing in some beige sugar and cream yarn that I had lying around. And then the little yarn balls that go into it are with random things of critical hit dyes I have lying around that I can roll up into teeny tiny yarn balls and stick in a basket. It's a good scrap project. It, it actually is. Really. <laughs> like, like, it really if, is. For when you have like like five yards of yarn oh, left. Yeah, no, it's like, it's like perfect. It's fantastic. <laughs> you just, like, you what just, do I do with the string? It's like I make a tiny little yarn ball and stick it in a basket. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are my current projects. And I picked up felting, needle felting, which is tons of fun. And I'm going to pick up stuff to do more of that soon because I made some little birds and now I want to make more. So that is also a thing that's going on. And I'm sitting here thinking, I can die roving. That's a thing I can do. So we'll see. We'll see how that adventure pans out in the future. Oh, my God. (laughs) But yeah, so that's what I'm working on and what everybody else is working on. I know there was a lot to catch up on because you haven't heard from us in a bit. But if you want to see pictures of the current projects or get more information about Pardon My Stash in general, be sure to check out our website, pardonmystash.com, for info, pics, patterns, and yarns. All right, so it has been a while, but we did go to Rhinebeck. We all had a really good time. I know we've met some of you in person now, which is awesome. That was so cool. It was really cool. (laughs) It was great to see you guys and meet and talk, and that was a lot of fun. I don't know. We, I mean, I think I had a great time there, actually, you know, saw a lot more and I think got a lot more than I have in Rhinebeck in a couple of years. Mm. It was actually cold 
That oh. was that was I think the Which, best just thing. Like, come <laughs> like, on. That was thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was it was like the first Rhinebeck in three years right. that wasn't in the seventies. <laughs> there was like, you know, the whole time we're like, Yeah, we're gonna like wear our stuff for 0.5 seconds to get a picture and then we're gonna be walking around in t shirts because it's gonna be like hot. Like it always is and it wasn't. It was actually sweater weather. Yeah. Um, sweater weather. So we we did get to do that. So that was awesome. Did enjoy that. Yeah, you know, the only thing I was kind of sad of when we went, there was only leaves on the bottom of the Rhinebeck tree. That was kind of a surprise. I mean, not it shouldn't have been because it's been raining constantly. It has been raining But constantly. yeah, we, the Rhinebeck but, tree was a little worse to wear this year. So. I mean, there was enough to still get our nice pics, but it, we were like, okay, let's angle the camera a little bit here. <laughs> Don't look at the top. It's all good. It's all fine. I don't know. What was everyone's favorite parts? favorite thing besides meeting people yeah yeah i got to bestow upon one of our listeners a, a, a very wonderful gift <laughs> probably my favorite project that i've ever made i mean definitely for this feet. year than i was for like years past but like definitely my f- favorite thing that i've ever made i made a flavor flave clock made it a part in my stash straight out of the 90s clock. that thing was like legit straight out there was the so 90s. much so much effort went into that I had so clock. much fun making it um it's a one-of-a-kind item it is it'll be worth millions one day probably not <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but i i was impressed with myself and i loved it and i, I can't remember why I think that's we, my we had favorite yeah. part is that none of us remember the origin yeah. no. of the Flava Flav clock. I know that we talked about it and then I was reminded of it. So I just I, I'm so I glad it. you were reminded of it. I know because I had forgotten about it entirely. No, it was definitely a live chat many, many moons ago. Yeah, it was, but um, I that we had on our yeah, on our membership, and yeah, Kara yeah, but got I don't the, the clock. <laughs> don't remember <laughs> anything else about yeah why the prompt no, of that. but it was real funny. It was, and she wore that thing with pride. She did, but it was fully functional, and it even went off at uh, twelve o'clock for our with an alarm, which was hilarious with perfect meetup. timing. It was real good. I planned it that way. No, right was, as the question is it a real clock went off and, and then it, it sure was, it was pretty good. started alarming <laughs> it was pretty good and bedazzled and mustachioed it was nice to like gathering in one spot because we like i also feel like other members and people who like listen to our podcast were able to meet each other yeah um, yeah so it was like oh wait you listen to oh okay and it's like feel like we facilitated yeah. friendships <laughs> and the, the people who who see each other on the live chats once a month yeah and getting mm-hmm. to meet in person yeah um that was really neat we had nice you know discussions and um we had a good time it was really it was really neat to see everybody and see everybody's stuff like what everybody had made for ryan beck was that also really exciting got to be super creepy. So you were real shady. creepy. It was awesome. You were so it was awesome. Shady. Dre, Dre was handing out contraband. If, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. <laughs> Everyone looked so confused until you gave them the contraband. It was real funny. They're like, "What? What's happening?" I will not apologize for being myself. <laughs> crimes. Was good. The not fun really. is in the crimes. The secret ingredient is crime. <laughs> But not really. You don't know. I mean, it's, it wasn't not crime. Listen, I don't, don't get us taken off the air here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week, I wanted to talk about some commonly mixed up terms in 
Um, mainly knitting and crochet, but probably some other fiber related things. Um, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on this topic, but you know what? I'm I'm willing to listen. Gonna, Surprise me. Listen. So so I wrote some down that I know like <laughs> cause cause some confusion or people mix up a lot. I'm never and confused. I'm never confused. Uh, wow, one, that's a lie. <laughs> one of the big ones, um, and I actually run into a lot is weight versus ply of yarns. A lot of people think like the more ply something has, the thicker the yarn, and that's not the case. Um, so. The weight of the yarn is like is basically how thick or thin your yarn is, how many um, wraps per inch you're going to get and whatnot. Well, the ply is how many individual strands of this yarn are twisted together in order to make the yarn. Sometimes more ply can make it thicker, but you can have a four ply lace weight yarn that happens a lot and you can have honestly. a two ply bulky oh. we have a two ply bulk. we we had a craft fair we did last year this lady came up and she pulled some barbarian off the pegboard and she was insisting to us that it was four ply like insisting because there was no way that it could be that thick and be two ply yep so yeah, it, it it is. It's it's. I I didn't know that was a common misconception, but apparently it is. That yeah, the, no. The more the thicker it is, the more plies it must have. It's not because your plies can actually be very thin. Isn't roving technically no ply? Roving is is a single ply. Single ply. Single ply. Yeah. Yeah. Single ply. So it's yes. like that doesn't just for yeah. that. Right. Like, right. You know, like if you buy not... if you buy like pencil roving yarn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that's there's. But you can also have single ply, and it's fingering weight, like right. So, so it, it is. So it's it's got nothing to do with. So the your weight and your ply are different. So it, don't go off of that to assume that you're using the correct weight of a yarn. To piggyback on that too, like if a pattern calls for a specific ply, you want to pay attention to that. Oh my god! Yeah, because you you might think like it doesn't matter. It's a fingering weight yarn. Like a fingering weight is a fingering weight. It's not. You're going to get a totally different texture. Um, and you may not be happy with it. Not to say that you can't do that. Just be aware can. that it can change the look it, of the It pattern. may not come out the way that you um, think it's going to. Because, yeah, because plies can affect what it looks like just because of the way it's... Um the way it's twisted and, and how it feels it um well honestly like they say a lot of times if you're doing a lace a two-ply is good because it actually works into a lace kind of stretching pattern so it's like you will see patterns that do that so that so that is something to at least be aware of and pay attention to if it requires it just know if you don't follow it that it may come out looking different again not to say that it'll come out bad or it won't work it's just it will look different than what the designer is this is where with. i come in with everybody's favorite swatch swatch <laughs> swatch your fabric no no <laughs> fine if it comes out different than you wanted don't blame me i never complain you you don't you don't i will give you that i just get what i get and you know you can't what? get upset you know what yeah i was gonna <laughs> say if, if that, that was your, your call choice, <laughs> that's the choice you made but right. I, I never do get upset no, and that's a, hey, you know what? There, if you are a process knitter and you want to rip it out as many times as it takes, like shine on you, crazy diamond. But thank you. If you, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, me too. But if you, if you are the type of person like this is me, and gets very upset when the fabric that you're working on doesn't come out the way you want, then you know what? I got no one to blame but myself if I didn't swatch. So going along with the weight versus ply, uh, ply versus twist. 
ply and twist are two different things. So ply, again, a ply is a strand inside of the yarn. And the twist is the direction in which those plies are twisted to create said yarn. They call them S-twist or Z-twist because of the way you like look at them. And um, usually most yarns are plied in an S-twist. Now I'm looking at mine to see. Like, I'm not going to lie. I've never heard of of different twists in yarn. So I had heard I'm of I'm actually paying attention now. Oh. I wasn't before, but now I Wow. Okay. wow. So here's the thing. Most yarns are an S-twist, which is great for knitting because most of the time while you're knitting in an S-twist, you're actually, just because of the way you are knitting, you are twisting the yarn further. So it makes the plies stronger. In crochet, because you kind of go the other direction, you have a tendency to untwist said yarn, which is why you find that you may be splitting your yarn more. A lot of times if you find out you're, you're like knitting, or crocheting, whichever you're doing, and you're splitting the yarn a lot, it may actually have to do with the twist because of the way you are knitting or crocheting, whether it's clockwise or counterclockwise, you're untwisting or twisting your yarn. How do you tell the difference when you're buying your yarn? You kind of look at it and so... Most of them are S-twists. We will post pictures of this on the blog for you guys at home. So if you look at your yarn and it dips down on the right side, that's an S-twist. If it dips down on the left side, it's a Z-twist. But yeah, so that's why if, if you find that you're, as you're knitting or crocheting and your yarn is coming untwisted, it may be because it is just because of the twist of the yarn and actually not anything you are doing. Um, that's why one of the, they suggest if you can, you learn how to do combination knitting, which is when you knit, you knit going counterclockwise and when you purl you purl clockwise and this helps in one direction you're like twisting it further in another direction you're untwisting it so you're not like either making your yarn too tight or too loose as you're I'm probably not going to learn how to do that it's real easy you know how you do it that is the you purl the old way you used to purl and you knit through the back loop oh lord that is that is a combination you you purl clockwise. I don't even then, know if I could do that anymore. You, like I stopped doing that a while ago. And so. then you knit through the back loop. But just something to be aware of. Um, and it was like an interesting thing because I was like, oh, hey, that that is kind of neat if your yarn is splitting to kind of look at and be like, oh, maybe this is why. And it's nothing that you're it's actually doing. It's not me doing. just stabbing. Here's one for the embroiderers out there. Embroidery floss versus an embroidery thread. A floss is six threads plied together. Um, so when they say get your embroidery th- floss, that is like an, the ones you buy at the store that are all plied together. And if they say use a thread or three threads, you split your floss into the threads that you need. So those are actually Doing two different things. Equal opportunity fiber Listen, discussion fiber art <laughs> stuff. I have used both of these. So going on as well, a uh, lace weight versus a lace pattern. You do not need to Pay use. Pay attention, Drea. You, you need I to know, know this one. <laughs> you do you need, not need, you'll need this one. <laughs> lace weight yarn to make a lace pattern. Correct. I make lace patterns all the time. See, the, uh, you can make a lace pattern in bulky. But apparently, yeah. some people thought that it's like they'll never do lace because they don't like using lace weight. And it's like that—that's not so. A lace uh, pattern is a pattern that uses yarn overs. That's that's basically it. It's There's basically holes in it. it the pattern I, lo- I looked up the definition and I liked it cuz it was a pattern that incorporates artful eyelets. Ooh. I like that. I right? like that a Art- lot. That's I like fancy. to think of it as p- 
purposeful holes. <laughs> Art, artful eyelets. So I was like, oh, that sounds that sounds so that pretty sounds and so quaint, pretty. fancy. Oh, yeah. Whereas we all know, if you've listened to this podcast, that lace weight is a super thin yarn. I don't like it. Super thin. We what? I don't. What? Like you don't what? Really? I don't like Damn. it. But for those of you that don't like the lace weight yarn, you can find lovely lace patterns that use, you know, larger All weights. All different kinds, yeah. So. Just be aware that a bulky lace is going to look different. Weird. <laughs> Maybe not weird, but it's definitely going to look different. It's going to look different. It's That's not true. It's not going to look the same as like a fingering weight it's lace. It's true. Another one I have is, and this one always, I always mix this up even to this day, Intarsia versus Fair Isle. Oh, yeah. Um, so both are, are color work. Um, Intarsia uses separate color blocks that are usually put on their own separate bobbins and you basically have to join the yarns together so they don't fall out of your pattern in some special joining way that I have no idea what it is. Um, I don't like Intarsia because that's a lot of ends to weave in. That's... That's a lot of work. They look beautiful, but I, I look at the inside of those projects and I'm like, oh my God, that's a lot of different yarns and bobbins <laughs> and and pieces that I feel like So if you just don't like my leaving mind. your ends, don't do <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have, you know, I've been knitting for almost 20 years at this point and I have never had the desire to knit anything in Tarja. And there's a sweater pattern that I now like am dying to knit. So that may actually be... Like my foray into intarsia, we'll I see what like happens. I would just want to just carry the work all the way around. But here's the thing with intarsia: you actually have the ability to use more colors. Um, so fair isle is when you basically carry the other colors around your entire work. And and with Fair Isle, because you're carrying it around and you have to kind of make sure you're not leaving these huge gaps in the back of your work uh, or, or it may fall apart, you can usually only get up to three separate colors before it, you're going to have problems doing that. In Tarja, you can have probably about as many colors as you want, depending on how it works, because they're all on separate bobbins. So if I want to make a color work sweater of Cisco's face, I'm probably going to have to do Intarsia. You got to do Intarsia you would probably for have to that. Do. The only thing that's, not be able to do that is tough with Intarsia, though, is see, Intarsia is great for block colors. It is tougher to do that when you're doing like the pixelated kind of look. Yeah, like a, a pink mm. and then a green and then a pink and then a blue and then it, like that that Doesn't gets work. hard. Yeah, so you want blocks. Fun. So yeah, so it, it, you'd have your work cut out trying to figure out exactly how you want to. I believe you can do it though. Do that. I'm you know what? You can do out. whatever you want. I'm gonna. It's either gonna be the logo or the face or both. I don't know. So we're gonna. I feel like if out, you though. can work it out between like three colors or or something, I, I yeah. feel like you can figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Make the magic happen. But yeah, those are the differences between Intarsia and Fair Isle. Um, Fair Isle is usually two strands at a time and you carry your yarn all the way around. And Intarsia, you have a ton of little bobbins of different colors and you can have a whole bunch of colors and blocks and that get, that gives you that option. The last one I have that's commonly mixed up is the knitting style versus a knitting method. So a style 
is how you hold your yarn. That's like continental English, Portuguese, Highland, Russian, etc. It's it's basically like how you hold your yarn, how you hold your the tension. Portuguese, you say, etc. Et <laughs> well, yeah, because it's it's like different ways to hold. Yes, it. Like I didn't I realize this. Like I didn't realize Highland was a thing, and I looked that up. I they, never they, heard of Highland. They carry the yarn on their hip. Huh. And they do it that way. Like they, they knit on their hip and I still like I watched it and I don't know how they do it. And it is amazing. But they you know what it is. That's where you they don't like circulars because you need the um, the needles yeah. to you basically use use it braced against your hip to to knit. I've heard about holding, uh, like, you got to use straight needles, but holding a straight needle under your arm under. Pit, yeah. And then you're basically like. It's sort of like it. that. Yeah. Only they do it. It's, I, it's like I can't even it's imagine. Like held on. It's it's weird. It's cool to look at because I'm like, how are they doing that? But but that that is a style. That is how you hold your needles. How you hold your yarn. How how you like get your tension, etc. The method is the direction that you put your yarn. So the, those ones there there are three. There's western which. Yep, Western, the Western <laughs> method, and that's that's the most common. That's when you throw or you do your yarn; it goes counterclockwise around your needle. That's the most common. Eastern is when your yarn goes clockwise around your needle, and then combination, which I brought up earlier, is when you do one part one way and the other part the other way. It's true. Oh. That's Portuguese. That is so. what we do. Hmm? You, that's how you do it. There's the purling and knitting is two different ways. Yeah, and that it, well, it, it is. It's because you're knitting. You, you would knit counterclockwise, then you'd purl clockwise. Correct. So you're you're throwing the yarn separate ways over the needle because you're kind of forward or back. So oh. it depends on where you're sitting. So those are the three methods, and, and you can do any of those three methods uh, along with whatever style you're doing it and sometimes it's easier sometimes it's harder and sometimes like certain ones are just a dang impossible depending on your style so. so you're telling me that i knit english western style yes english western sounds like an oxymoron well, but i love it that's dun, dun, very cool it's right up there with spaghetti western spaghetti western and yeah, so those are all the commonly mixed up terms that I had found that I was aware of that I myself had um, or that I found and thought were pretty interesting. So I don't know if there's anything anybody else has that mixed them up. Gauge versus ease. Oh, yeah. Gauge versus ease is a big one. The gauge is how many stitches you have to the inch and the ease is how much more how many more inches you have to your usually your bust, usually your bust line. <laughs> yeah. If if you're knitting for a, a woman, if it says you want to, you have a four inch or plus four ease, that means you got to add four inches to your to your bust line. Um, if you want it to look like the model, again, yeah. your mileage may vary. You may, and that's that's honestly, I think one of the most fun things about knitting your own garments is that you can just be like, you know what, I don't want to do waist shaping. Well, you could look I at it. I don't want to do that and like, see the picture, and they could be like, yeah, this was done with two inches of ease, and you could be like, yeah, but I want that like on my boobs. Right. If you like a more fitted sweater or you like a looser sweater or, you know, whatever it is, you can you can kind of go from or it could be like negative ease. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to add five inches because I want it slouchy. The gauge (laughs) does help you find the correct ease and make sure that you're getting the correct ease. But the the ease itself is 
you know, either if you, if you want it a little bigger, you go plus. If you want it smaller, you go minus. And if you want it skin tight, you go even more negative than that's not me. I don't make it's really about the drape, sweaters. like almost like right. how it's laying. Right? On how you is it? Not, how is it falling yeah. against you? If I just you... want to specify that because it's not like you can't just like necessarily give it like positive ease and turn something into a plus size. Like you could. No, 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 gonna... no. It's I'm not talking about designing. Yeah. I'm talking no, about I mean. like yeah. if you want the sweater to be bigger on you, a little baggier, yes. and less yes. fitted. Yes. But no, that also that's that's just, actually a really good point yeah. of a misconception is that adding inches to the bust line does not make does something not make plus it size yeah. it does yeah. not like a lot more work goes into grading a pattern to make it a bigger size just work to the wise it's <laughs> got to be you you've got i was reading something the other day where somebody said like that the pattern was graded for bust sizes not arms so oh, one no. size for the arm then you wind up with with something that fits great in the bust but you've got little spaghetti arms and that that's not that's <laughs> not a arms. great look that's if not an optimal not, look if you don't see different stitch counts on the arms then you know they didn't grade it for the arms it's not graded it's yeah not. like if they if you have the exact same then it's probably not okay. right imagine that bigger bust bigger no no, everyone has the same size arms, regardless. All of the, the size. arms are the same. They're <laughs> <laughs> so all the same. Oh lord, my arms are short up. No, but that is another thing too. Is that if you are, um, you know, you you are knitting a pattern, you should look at the arm measurements. I feel like a lot of people don't look at the arm measurements, and they just assume that the bust and the arm measurements are going to correlate, and that's not always the case for people, especially if you have really muscular arms. You know, if you if you lift weights and things like that, your upper arms could be bigger than your bust size would. You know, the designer says your bust Things size should dictate. Yeah. So and you can fix that, you know, when you go to pick up the stitches for the underarms and everything like that. But um, you should pay attention. Make sure that you're knitting the right size arms. And that's all the time we have for this week. For additional content and opportunities to connect with the cast, be sure to check out our website at pardonmystash.com. And remember to tune in next time for more tips, knits, and wits at Pardon My Stash. 